2: It feels like Miami, 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 <laughs> Miami, 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 it feels like.
1: Welcome to the first Miami Heat Beat podcast of the second half of this season. I'm your host, Carlo Navas, and with me today, Labour 2K Coach Frankie.
3: Uh, stream Beat, co host and co founder, and our Twitch stream <laughs> is not showing right now.
1: Uh, that's, uh, that is interesting. Oh, but can you hear us? Can, uh, can, y- can y'all hear us? I, I, I think, think they, they can. Uh, they can hear us, but they can't see us. Listen. Oh, there we go. <laughs> A new hero appears. There we go. Uh, and if you're watching on twitch.tv We thank you for the patronage We thank you for the support We thank you for coming on uh, If you're a podcast listener uh, You know Thank you for uh, listening, downloading And uh, make sure that uh, that You come on the Twitch stream so you can participate in chat That's fun, chat's giving me a hard time They're giving me grief, but it's okay On the bottom of the screen, we have the great Siobhan What's up guys
2: How's it going? How was uh, break? Uh, it's been good it's been
1: really good actually. It feels like a chat saying that they want to go back when uh when they can't see me, that they like that better and that my mic super true. low.
3: That's Uh Solana said to turn up your mic,
1: G. I did, I did. Uh, we we are back up. Uh okay. and we are back for the second half of the season. Uh we have some fun stuff going on. A couple announcements at the top. We're going to be scheduling a watch party. Uh if you're a Patreon subscriber, uh be on the lookout for a post kind of we're going to pick what day we're going to do a um we're going we're gonna to pick what day we do a, um, a watch party. So you can come, you can hang out with us, you can watch some basketball. Uh, I'm going to be there. I know that some other people, uh, you'll hear some other MHB personalities uh, be involved with that. So be on the lookout on our Patreon for that. The other thing I wanted to tell you guys about, and, and it's something that we've been doing uh, for the last week. We partnered with Locker Room uh, and they have kind of, we're kind of doing this thing on this Locker Room app. Uh, where we go on and we kind of host little rooms and we talk about stuff and Alf and i have been doing uh recovery time which is the morning after every basketball game uh, we're doing it twice a week we'll always tweet it out uh, so download the app if you're on ios and come join us you can talk to us it's like a back and forth siobhan's on a bunch you know frankie's been on we made fun of jack because all jack did all weekend
2: was make locker room rooms that's random uh, rooms at obscure times in the morning.
1: I woke up, it was like Saturday. I went to go buy bread at a bakery and it's like eight 30 in the morning. And Jack's doing one with the on bam out I was like, what's going on, Jack, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> um, so we're doing that. And also for our Patreon subscribers. So we didn't know what to do with the audio. Cause we can keep the audio. um, and then what we wanted to do was kind of upload those locker rooms to our Patreon feed because we weren't going to like bomb you with podcasts. So what we were going to do is kind of upload those. So we're going to for, for our $5 patrons, you'll get a little extra. Um, you'll get a little extra. All right. So uh, kind of getting that out of the way. Uh, Chad's making fun of me for buying bread at a bakery. It was weird. Uh, dough in um, in it. it's quite good. No, it's quite good. It's a really good bakery in It's really nice. Um, they we, I got like a um cachao pepe bread, which is with some pecorino, some pepper bread. It was really good. I, I was I was about that nice Saturday morning brunch. Mm. So on the docket today, and I know Siobhan, you have takes about this.
2: Not really, just feelings.
1: Just feelings. <laughs> so the heat. Uh, Blake Griffin was made available. Uh gonna sign with the Nets. The Heat were reportedly interested as they are, you know, the entire league. Um, and the Heat struck out on another guy. Now, I, I know we're all gonna get to our feelings on, on Blake, but yeah, I, I kind of think they dodged a bullet. And I know that Siobhan, I-, I know you've had some you've had some feelings.
2: Yeah. I just I don't so I mean, of course I get it. You know, Brooklyn is the what seems to be the path of of least resistance, you know, to the ring to a chip. I just, I don't know. I want, and then maybe this is a testament to Tiff and I talk a lot, shout out Tiff, <clears throat> about, you know, whether or not Blake is actually as unhealthy as he looks or it's just, you know, an unhappy destination, um, this, that, and the third. And I don't know how much of the, you know, how much fire is actually accompanied the smoke with the Blake rumors. And for that matter, you know, all of the other guys that Miami finds themselves linked to I'm just like damn like I just want and and not even to come to Miami I just want dudes to maybe think more of themselves I don't know like want to uh, uh, contribute on a larger scale at you know other contending types of teams um Is that probably a biased thing to say? It might be. But like, I really feel that way that like, I don't know. I don't know where else I would have wanted him to go. Who else on the East? Who else on the West? But it's like everyone, it just feels that everyone is going to flock to to um, Brooklyn in a way that's kind of, you know, on a nuanced type of way, kind of dissimilar to some of the other maybe moves that we've. Um, seen over the last few years as far as super team formation and maybe not because of course Golden State are what they are. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm happy for him. If he's happy, cool. You know, that's, that's what matters. Um, mm-hmm. shout out to, you know, D Wade when he, he backed Harden for, um, you know, everyone came and shat on him and Harden made the move that, you know, made him happy and he's running around and cheesing and cameras and stuff. And so, you know, if that's what it is, then, you know, absolutely by all means, but like, dang, like I want dude like, I'm not, while Mo didn't, his, uh, his plans didn't pan out the way that, you know, they were, uh, for tone that they would, um, he, 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 he said, no, you know, I, I'll tank, uh, turn down some of the money again. I have no idea what Blake's numbers or contracts. any of that is. Um, but like he wanted to, he wanted to be significant on the contender. Like he wanted to like help really, really get dudes over the hump. And you know, maybe Blake does that for, for Brooklyn. They need some rebounding some size and some defense. So I don't know. I hope it works out, but yeah.
1: I think he's an interesting case. Um, because, <clears throat> I think specifically with the Nets, they just have a a vacuum at, at big, right? Like they have DeAndre and really no one else that they that they trust, right? There's yeah, no one. I, th- I think theoretically, Blake makes sense as a backup center. Uh, he's never really played five in his career. But I think at this point, I think if he's going up against less athletic guys, I think if he's going up, he he's a smart player. And I think he probably wanted a role. He's like, because if he probably asked teams, right? Like if he asked the Heat, you know, can you guarantee me a role? I'm sure that they would say, ah, question mark. Let's see. Right? Because you don't think do so? Have- you don't
2: think there would be a clearly delineated role for him if they went that far out to, to try to acquire him that they didn't have, you know, something in mind and for how to use him?
1: Yeah. And the reason why I say no is because now they have gone to this thing where they even don't play Precious a lot of times, right? Like, they'll play Precious for, like, 10, 15, 10 to even less minutes, and he's gotten DMPs, and they just go Olenek as backup five when they're healthy, right? So they'll play Bam and Olenek, and then, you know, one of them gets a spell, Precious plays a couple minutes, and then they play KO at the five, and they've kind of settled that as their big rotation, so I don't... And that's worked. That's been winning games, and that's... It's kind of helped Greece. So... I look at Blake and I'm like, well, for sure he's better than Chris Silva. Uh, I feel like we all agree on that. But I think in terms of like, hey, like, uh, am I guaranteed 15 minutes a game on this team? I can kind of see where that could get dicey. I don't know, Frankie, if you kind of agree with that. Frankie, you're I was
3: so I was I was waiting to see if you were gonna unmute me or if I did it <laughs> no, you, you I, muted I me without me knowing. Me,
1: I can't. Yeah, I because you have a cac a crackling. So we're trying to provide the best experience for the listener. When That's you fine. Idle. I understand yeah. that, but you muted me without me
3: knowing while I was mid sentence. So like while I was about to speak. So did I? I, didn't I? No, know. it was yeah.
1: before you spoke. Yeah, it was before you spoke.
3: It was right before I spoke. So I was like, I was talking. I thought you could hear me, and I'm like, wow, geez, just talking over me. Uh, That's so funny. I definitely think he's uh, he's somebody who could help. He uh, even as a limited role, uh, you you know how much Miami likes to operate from uh, triple handoffs, from the elbows. That's Blake's forte. Like. You can run offense through him. Uh, he's much more, uh, much more of a basketball player than Chris Silva is at their best, obviously. But even now, Chris Silva hasn't been able to play much all season because of injury. Uh, shout out to, to Brass for saying the Chris Silva mom <laughs> jokes. Um, but he, but it's definitely something that like. In, in this COVID shortened season, like we've hoped we've gone through the worst of the injuries. Um, I don't think we've gone through all the injuries where it's likely something, somebody in the rotation still gets uh, still loses a couple games. And we need guys to fill that role. That bottom five of the roster can't be useless. You already have yeah. UD. You can't have Chris Silva, not being worthless either. Like you need guys who can fill in minutes and gave Vincent um uh, Max Struess, all these guys, for what they're worth, like they shouldn't have we shouldn't have to rely on them. If you can get an NBA guy as bad as Blake Griffin's been this season, hoping that in the you know, contending for a playoff spot with a good team that rejuvenates him, you need guys like that, veterans who know how to play basketball. So you're not relying on Gabe Vincent and hoping he gives you something or KZ Apala.
1: I, I think like I'd rather just try, like, hope and pray, KZ's, like, what you need. Because again, I don't, I don't know if Blake, I don't, I don't know that Blake's a solution, and I don't know Siobhan if they have extra twelve minutes a game to give them unless someone gets hurt. That's my thing. That's I like mean,
2: where I, am with that. I, I, so that may or may not be true, but like, like Frankie said, we've seen, you know, <clears throat> the frequency of guys getting hurt this season. So why not? You know, make those types of fortifications. We had, you know, the number of injuries that we had during the first half. Who's to say that it won't be the same worse as things start to ramp up, you know, intensity wise and, you know, competition wise? So I think it would be foolhardy to not, to not. That's
1: a maybe like
2: it, uh, when, when, uh, everything's a maybe literally everything's no, but a maybe like but, when, but we no, but we've seen it play out too far too often that like for it to still be a maybe yeah okay maybe guys get hurt we've had guys get hurt in this time so everything's literally but you, gonna a maybe. Tell you gotta to, go off your experience
1: are you gonna tell that to blake at the negotiating table like well maybe if guys get hurt you play who okay. cares? You get you say what you got to do to get him in, and then you do what you got to do. Lie, you you lie, so you are advocating. You, th- that you don't think you don't think Pat Riley's ever lied to get a guy in, in on the team. I think that he lied. Mo Harkless, understanding. Well, I mean, they gave Mo a chance, <laughs> and Mo did start, and you, it had to get cataclysmically bad terrible. for them to pull
3: <laughs> gee, what's, like they rode
1: that out longer than they should have
3: absolutely but that's the same thing gee if they they play Blake Griffin, uh and he's no good guess what you can cut him you're not married to the guy just because no, you yeah, signed him for
1: the end of the season that's if he's hard. no absolutely no good, you cut him. That's it. I'm sure that they tried, and, and I'm, no. I'm sure that they talked. And he just felt that I have a I, I have more of a role in Brooklyn than I would here, and that's that's where I'm at. Like I'm not even like arguing the semantics of whether they got him or not. I'm like if I'm him yeah. and I'm looking at the two situations. And you know he's not dumb, and, and I'm sure that he picked the role that he, a the best chance to win a championship, and b the one that he's like I'm actually gonna like play here every night, like for sure, because they need me. Yeah, well, I, I'm
3: me and Siobhan, I think Siobhan is doing the same thing, but we're pushing back that we need him too. That
2: all right. Yeah, I don't know.
3: Ah, oh, okay. Z- I don't know
1: that they do. Uh,
2: uh,
3: Gee, you have – the last game we had KZ Akpala, like KZ Akpala has had to play a game – like important minutes the last couple of games.
2: Have you felt – have you felt more so, you know, overall, good or bad about the way that the season's played out so far?
1: Um, I mean, given the, given the COVID, I think, I mean, obviously you can't be happy with how-
2: Given the bad. COVID and the rest of the injuries, right? Like you can't, I feel like it's, it's too much to, to ignore the fact that we, Goran still out, Avery still out, uh, you know, Mo, when he did fall, landed smack on his hip, like <laughs> for whatever reason, we have just been struck in by the injury COVID, but that a lot of the rest of the same teams are. So, I mean, Trent's I don't know. I think- they should be.
1: They're mad at me. They're like they want. They wanted Blake Griffin. They really wanted
2: Blake. And I'm. And so maybe even Blake ain't, isn't the answer. My thing. I just want. I I want people to somebody. go to places other than Brooklyn and, and L A. Well,
1: the L A. one is annoying because the next guy we're going to talk about is has been linked to the Lakers a little bit, and it's Otto Porter Jr. Uh, out of Chicago. Uh, Chicago is it's kind of some rumbling that he might get bought out. Which is is a little annoying. Uh, and, and it's funny that you had the reaction with Brooklyn because I had the reaction with L.A. I was like, what the fuck are you going to go to L.A. for?
3: Hold on, like, G. Dude. I'm sorry. I, I want to cut you off. Casey Akpala played 17 minutes last game. Don't tell me Blake Griffin didn't have a fucking role here. Yeah,
2: that's a lot of minutes.
1: That is a lot of minutes, but he did play well.
3: And I and, and I know I know Bam was out and yes, KZ did play well. But that's the thing you you want to ha- not have to rely on Bam every single night. If Bam needs a breather, you can give him a breather. If you I- Iguodala should not be playing every night. Goran should be playing every night. You know, especially The totally back to backs coming up in the second half of the season, like you need depth, and we should rather have to go rely.
1: after. I'd rather go after other guys than him. But I understand what you.
2: That's doing. fine. I, I that's that's. I'm not re- arguing too. that they need. That's them. fair. I'm too. not. I, yeah. I, I think I take other guys over Blake also, but I think I also yeah. think G. I take
1: Boogie over Blake. By the way, I would take Boogie over Blake. Ooh, I don't know. Like given given
3: the same. personally
2: the way that I feel about Boogie, I think so. But that's that. Might I like be. him a lot. Um, I I, li- think, I like
3: Boogie too. But
2: I think what you're also kind of overlooking, or what you relying so heavily on G, is that the idea that you have to play. Bam or Blake and that there can never be, you know, an overlap of minutes. So there can never be, you know, synergy. Oh, think they
1: play together. I play they play together.
2: Right. And so to say that he would only be relied upon should Blake be or should uh Bam be out or should we, you know, suffer other injuries, I don't I think you know that's that's limiting in thought that's limiting in, you know, playbook creativity and a, yeah. and a bunch of other stuff.
3: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, you had Kelly play 37 minutes, which is something that I didn't mention either. And it, again, Bam was out, but Kelly should not have to play 37 minutes he was awesome. in the game. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he, was awesome. he was great. He was awesome. But, the, uh, sh- but Blake can give you some of what Kelly gives you. But again, shout- he's it's over.
1: Shout out to Twisted Tapioca for the five gifted subs, and, and he subbed earlier uh till uh, through April. So shout out to, to Twisted. Uh the other guy I really wanted to get to is, is Otto, uh, because he's a guy that I do want. He's a guy that I feel is perfect for them. I, I like everything that he gives them. He's been a plus shooter this year uh, for a team that has not been very good. Um, I think defensively, he doesn't look like he moves very well, which is a red flag to me um, because if he's not healthy, then I don't know how much this team can help him because – I and I've said this before. Uh, and I, I, Siobhan, I'm actually curious about how you feel about this as an athlete. Like If you're getting a guy that's not right – health health wise in a covid season i think the chips are going to be against you more than ever because you don't have the same staff that you're north that you normally have as a player right like players have their masseuses yeah. their chiropractor they're yeah. this guy they're that guy and those staffs i imagine and this is not me reporting just logic would say that in a covid season their staffs have been short okay well you can't maybe they all share a masseuse maybe they you know you just you can't have that many people yeah. working on guys and so I would I would caution against taking a guy that's hurt and being like in a normal season, I think like, okay, we can rehab this guy because we trust our facilities, we trust our infrastructure. But now like you don't have like you're not operating at hundred percent. So especially when there's no rest.
2: So based on that alone and and nothing else about player fit or type, then why are you so high on Demarcus? He's a, a Oh, I'm not. But you take because like, you take Demarcus over Bam, or over Blake. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think the Mark's overplay. Okay. I, just, um, I think he's I think he's looked a little spryer.
2: Yeah, no, he has. I think he looks a little lighter, a little yeah, springier. <laughs> um to your to your point, uh I think you're I think you're right, right? Like limiting or traveling parties are limited. Um away trips now are longer so that they can get them all done in one swoop. You know, maybe you, you know, you still have your personal guys on retainer or whatever, you know, these guys have the money to have their guys at home or for the most part, you know, to have their guys at home tested and their therapeutics into this, but, you know, I think you're right. Limited to the amount of people they can bring with them. So, you know, what uh, therapies and, you know, all of those things they, they have access to. So, um, Maybe, yeah, using another roster spot on a guy who could benefit from all of those extra services that we aren't really privy to at the moment um, might not be a good idea. But then you are also met with the reality that all of these guys have an injury, a nick, a knack, a something, uh, you know, you know, there's 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 pros and cons and pros and cons also being, you know, Just as much as, you know, uh, player skill and fit also being um, health history. So uh, I think it's tough either way, but it's going to be tough at this stage of the season, given the current global condition.
1: And and Otto's a guy that has been hurt this year. He hasn't played in a while. Um, The Bulls, I don't feel like they feel like they can't fuck around and not have a body. Uh, but he's a guy that's interesting to me, Frankie, because I think in theory, again, like these are, we we talk a lot about this team in theory, you know, he's a guy that is low risk that you can bring in with one of the many exceptions that you have left at your disposal and you can promise him a role, uh, because they do need, uh, they do need a power forward and he's a guy that I feel can give them the shooting, give them the screening at the small ball four. kind of let them run their horn sets in peace because it's been tough sometimes when you have too many non-shooters and things like that. So like, uh, I like him a lot and I'm sorry, I muted you since you you were, you were buzzing really loud. Uh, Do you, is he a guy that you like for this team?
3: Uh, Full disclosure, uh, Jack killed me last time for doing this, but I haven't seen a single auto porter (laughs) in all season. Uh, Historically auto porter, Awesome fit for this Miami Heat. You gotta team. lie. You gotta
2: I,
1: lie. I,
3: just going off
1: history. We don't
2: I'm not, lie
3: here. I, listen, I don't lie to the people. Thank I don't you, make up you. Harrison Barnes propaganda and and make up love for Kyle Lowry of all people. We don't I don't have makeup. I don't got to do all that shit for fucking views you know. and takes and all this shit <laughs> like some unmentioned people. All right, I don't got to do that shit. If the, the people can live or die with what I say, but I'm going to tell them the fucking truth. All right. Uh, Otto Porter, he's uh, a guy. He's great cutter, great shooter, career 40% shooter from three. He can play small ball four, which is exactly what this team needs. Uh, he can move off the ball. He's a reliable player offensively. Defensively, he's been hit or miss. Defensive stats hate him, but he can play that role. Um, I'm, he's not as good as Jake Crowder was. But offensively, he's a lot better, a lot more consistent, and you hope, uh, and he's better than what we have at the four right now. So absolutely, he can help. Um, you hope the back injury—he's—he hasn't played in a uh, in a month, um, and and you hope he's it's not that serious. I don't know when the last time he played. Like, if he's been missing games because of, just because of injury, or if it's also because the the team's been playing better uh, without him.
1: He's sick of him.
2: They picked you know, up. They picked up Andre after having not played enti- an old Andre after not having played an entire year. So you know a younger, you know more talented, you know piece like that. I don't see why not. I have, what are his measurables? What I what's his height? What's his wingspan?
1: He's um I'll, I'll put
2: I, six
3: eight two hundred pounds listed right.
2: Six eight. Why does he, he has feel a big longer than that? Yeah, his arms must a- be long as hell. He feels longer than that.
1: Uh, 7 1 wingspan.
2: That works. Yeah.
1: That's what we like. Yeah. Pause, Siobhan.
2: Stop it. Um. And so, while maybe, so maybe, you know, the defensive stats hate him and he's not quite Jay in those areas on paper, you know, maybe his measurables, maybe those things give him, you know, more deflection opportunities, more, you know, in the lane and the gaps and, you know, maybe more contest at the rim. Do you like him? I don't dislike him. I don't watch him. So, again, with Frankie, you know, from what I do know of Otto, from what I've seen, his makeup, I, he feels like a – I don't know. How old is he? I want to see, like, what his – 27. His maturation. 27. I want to see what his maturation is, and like you know,
3: contract it. year, Shawan. That's that. This is another thing. He's got to be a free agent. He's got. He just got paid. He wants to get paid some more. I think he's he's a candidate. Like if he has a big postseason or something like that, he yeah. can get paid He'd again. Probably
2: cash out. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and and he could. He's gonna be motivated. Yeah. Uh, you can give him the the disabled player exception from Myers and and try is to like
2: seven five what is that four four five four five, four, five. what i thought we had yeah. something else
3: yeah, um, yeah. oh it's seven a trade five, exception five. no she's talking she's talking about yeah. the trade exception the seven and a half mm. um but you, you know that could make up some of the difference from the buyout that he's he's gonna take so you know hopefully that's enough and and you can say you can even talk to him say hey look We'll re-sign you uh, for a one-year deal after this, and yep. you can and you can uh, be motivated. Yep. Yeah, uh, show proof. me uh, you can.
2: an entire improvement year. Like finish yeah. out this season, then no, I need another consistent year of, yeah. I, and that feels more reasonable than some of these other guys that we keep finding ourselves latched to
1: pining over.
2: Yeah, yeah we're
3: fight, we're always fighting for mid thirties guys. Give me this is a twenty seven year old in his yeah. prime. Give me this guy. If you lock him up. Give them a two years deal after
2: this. Mid mid thirty year olds that don't really want us. It's like like dudes are like taunting us now because they see how just fucking crazy and bloodthirsty this fan base gets, and so like (laughs) it just feels like dudes like oh yeah yeah Miami that's that's somewhere I'll go. Knowing that we're gonna eat this shit up, and they're just sitting back at home. You know that um that gift of Barack and Michelle in the White House, and he's like tweeting, and she comes like snatches. That's why I feel like other players around the league are doing watching us fawn over every name that gets thrown out. Um,
3: no, and I also feel like uh, to, uh, like free agents are using Miami's name just to like get more more With from another team. Up,
2: yeah, know.
3: like hey, uh, you know, that's nice, but Miami's offering me this. What can you offer? You know, Miami wants me. That's what that's what, I feel like that's what they're saying. You know, I have no evidence whatsoever. Maybe. <laughs> but this if hey Pat Riley wants me, I would go to the negotiating okay. table like that. You know, it's like it's like in college when when you're getting recruited, uh, you say, Hey, Alabama offered me. And then everybody's throwing offers too. If Alabama likes what they see, then I I don't know I don't know better than Alabama. How many GMs think they know better than Pat Riley? Yeah,
1: it's kind of weird because I think I think especially like from a fan base perspective, you know, they got like they got LeBron, Dwayne, and Bosch that one off season. And then fa- and then from there on out, they got everyone they wanted. They got Ray Allen, they got Shane Battier, they got Richard Lewis, right, Birdman, all these people that they wanted, they got. And but, then go ahead, I'm sorry. Like once, once LeBron left, that stopped happening. Like Jimmy's really the only guy since. Like I, I guess they got Joe Johnson, right? Joe Johnson was a guy in the bio market that was really highly coveted, uh, but that, I think that was a lot of Dwayne relationship, you know, happening. And same with Jimmy. Uh, and they haven't. If, I mean, let's really think about it. Like every major signing they've had, other than yep, yep. you know Luol Deng, has been really Dwayne Wade relationship Dwayne Wade
2: building. Wade driven. Yep. And I'm <laughs> I'm
1: absolutely sure,
3: d- sure Deng ha- uh, came because of Wade as well.
1: And Bosh. I mean, they were together. Yeah. That, that that was supposed to, and that was a good team. That that team was a three seed, and there was a game away from the conference finals in which they had owned Cleveland all year. So right, like the, 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 that that was a good team. But uh, you know, the fan base kind of. Is a little entitled. And I, I hate to Very say that about entitled. our about our
3: listeners. So is it's Pat. Truth, so is Pat. Let's not, let's be honest. So is the front <laughs> office. The We're too good for Victor Oladipo. Depot. Right. He, he
2: wants Victor. us too much.
3: Yeah, he wants us too much. Yeah. Oh, he didn't he didn't throw a fit like Jimmy Butler did in practice Victor's, to get out of there. Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh they
1: love fits it. at practice. Goron and yeah.
3: Jimmy. no, it's totally fine when Jimmy and Goron do it, but let Victor do do something differently. Right. Like that's not professional either. That shit's not no, professional. But I
1: think there's legitimate like health oh. concerns with with Depot. I and mean, and and you're right. Like I think that they're they have their eyes set on Giannis, on Beal, on these guys, and, and they really didn't you know kind of have those marginal moves, which to an extent I understand. Like this is an organization that's about, you know, they're not about conference title banners, right? They're about, you know, confetti and champagne. I don't blame them. I understand part of it has bitten them in the ass, and sometimes it hasn't. So I, I get it, but I do think that there has been kind of an expect, an unreasonable expectation from the fan base that they have to get everybody. And then what happens is, is that I also think it just makes it easy to link Miami to everybody because I do think the front office is aggressive. And I do think they do they do their due diligence and call about yeah. everybody as a good front office should do. Orlando, we're going to get into Nick Vucevic. Orlando's a team that has been stuck in the mud for the last five years. Yep. They're, they're clearly not going anywhere. Yep. And it would be stupid not to call them and say, hey, what's going on there? Are you looking to sell? Some mornings you wake up feeling ready to pull the covers over your head and go back to sleep. No judgment, of course. But let's make having the most comfortable sheets the reason why don't love your sheets, Brooklinen has you covered. Uh, Brooklinen was started by Rich and Vicky who also tried to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. And when they couldn't, they founded Brooklinen as the first direct to customer bedding company. They work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury level markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. Brooklinen has over 50 thousand five-star reviews and counting. And they're confident that you will love their product, so they even offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. And Brooklinen is so much more than sheets; they're comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear and more. Go to Brooklinen.com and use promo code Heatbeat to get 25% off when you spend 100 or more plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code Heatbeat to get. $25 off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. Brooklinen.com and use promo code Heatbeat at checkout. Like, yeah. that doesn't mean that they're going to get these guys, but I think any good front office is going to do their due diligence to say, hey, what, what's, what's going on over there? <laughs> hey, <laughs> like,
2: hey, bud, you guys okay hey, over bud. there? You up? <laughs> hey, Magic. You good? <laughs> I think you're right, like, but that's the thing too. You have to realize that, I don't know, there are other ways to skin a cat, you know? Like, you don't necessarily need, you, most times you don't really need, you know, all of these whales of names. If you can get you, you know, two, three, really, really solid, you have a Jimmy, you have a Bam who, call it what you want, say what you want, feel how you feel. Our top, you know, 20 players in the league when they're they're on it, when they're healthy, and so you don't need to bring in a Giannis for that because you have dudes who can and like, what does that ultimately do for you? Other than kind of deplete, you know, your, your, your depth and and all of these things. I think that there are more than marginal gains to be made by adding like really good, you know, say third tier guys rather than always looking for, you know, the baddest bitch in the room.
1: Like part of that, and I think they've done a good job of that in like the margin margins, like they've been exceptional at picking in the draft with late first yep. rounders, with late lottery picks. Their are undrafted guys have like always been good. I mean, going back to Bruce Bowen and Udonis even more recently to, you know, finding we say what we want about Hassan. I mean, the dude was a productive player. And is still in the league, right? A guy like Tyler Johnson, who was undrafted, who's playing a, a role with Brooklyn, who is a good basketball player despite the money that they gave him. Uh, Rodney Magruder, like they've they have found productive basketball players out of nowhere. They they Duncan Robinson, right? They they pull him out of thin air. Willie Reed, uh, for a while here. Like they they're good at that. I feel like where they've struggled is kind of those middle acquisitions. I feel like they've struck out on a lot of those. (laughs) They hit on Jay and Andre, which got him to the finals. But but for the most part, I think that they've struggled with that. Part of it is because they reserve their space to go after, as Siobhan said, the baddest bitch in the room. But (sighs) I I get it. But I I get why they do it. And I and it's also frustrating because, you know, they don't they don't have to go after Beal, right? They can they can do a move like, you know, like I mean, Larry Nance is a really good player, but and they—they're not going to get Larry Nance, and they're not going to get Vooch, right? But you don't—it doesn't have to be an all-star level player. Yeah. Um, which which kind of brings me to the Vooch point. It's like, I think he'd be great here. I just don't. I just don't see what Miami can give Orlando. Like, I, I, and and Frankie, my thinking is okay. Miami's going into this trade deadline. Because I don't think that any they're gonna move Tyler for anybody that's gonna be available. Like I think they're gonna move Tyler for like a blue chip kind of like one A option, right? Like the, Tyler is reserved for like a, the big trade for like you know a star. Everybody else, I think what's on at the table is probably gonna be precious. It's probably gonna be whatever first round the first first round pick that they can trade. I forget what year it is. They have once twenty twenty two second round pick. They have salary filler, and I feel like that's about what they're going into. Maybe Kendrick Nunn, Like that's about what they have at the offering table to get anybody. I don't, I don't know. Is there, is there something else that you think that they'll offer? I, I just, I look at what they have, and I'm like, I think that's reasonable.
3: Well, for Vooch, I don't think uh, it's, it makes sense because I, I feel like Orlando's taking this as like a gap year. Like they have ridiculously bad luck with uh, injuries and stuff. They'll probably move on from like Fournier uh, Fournier or he's whatever. Good. Um, and, and yeah, cause just make something like he's probably going to, uh, leave their team. Uh, so cash out and try to get something for him before he leaves. They'll probably make moves like that. But Vooch is locked in. Uh, he's just had an all-star season. He's playing great and he's, he's still in his prime and stuff. And he plays well with all his, all the young guys like Fulton stuff that they expect back in the, in the future. So That's I don't it. expect him to be available. Um, I'm realistic. Uh, like th- I think, I think this team is just going to make marginal moves like the buyout market, maybe a, 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 under a veteran like PJ Tucker or something like that. I feel like that's the realistic moves. Um, I don't think they're going to move Tyler. I don't think anybody's going to want Kendrick um, precious. Maybe if they look to get something big, uh, but you could even make a case that they shouldn't move precious because he's young and developing and he's, he's been a good player. Uh, yeah. We talked about this in the chat, but uh, we haven't seen much of a sample size of Precious and Bam. So like it's been bad in the seven minutes that they played together, but we, that's not a sample size worth anything. So, uh, you know, you want to see what you have in this guy and, and maybe it's uh, something more than than what he's shown so far.
1: Yeah, like chat saying Rudy Gay, George Hill, DeMarcus Cousins, right? Like, like those kinds of things, mm-hmm. um, which would help. I mean, I don't. I don't know if that takes you over the top to go to the finals, um, Shavon. So I, I was—I'm uh, writing a piece about their offense. Mm-hmm. I've been watching a lot of—I've uh, been watching a lot of their film and stuff, and kind of like what's different between last year and this year. And I, I look at the way that they move. I look at the stuff that they run. I look at the lineups that they throw out, and it's really tough to discern like what's what's like tangibly. What is like realistically intangibly different other than other than Jay? And even pre-J, I was watching like some film with like Justice and what they would do with that. And it's like, I don't I don't know if they can just add a small piece and make all that work. But I mean, they're not that different and yet nothing works. S- so I'm like at a loss.
2: And so it's weird. So you just said you just said that they're not that far off. They're not, you know, that much different than last year. But for whatever reason to you, it doesn't feel like a small move would be enough of a South. Um, and I, I don't know. I think personally, the things that I feel like are, are tangible differences um, that I know that I kind of beat, you know, over maybe our audience's head with is, um, yeah, there's, there's a different amount of toughness there's a different amount of size and there's a different amount of energy and so all of those things combine and I think really really energy too. like I, uh a, a DJ you know type al you can kind of stymie or you know help quell you know a uh, and a. a growing teams, you know, momentum, and it can, you know, kind of help get you to getting your own Jay being able to guard up to, you know, Jay would, you know, make faces and, you know, like just have a little bit more dog in them. You know, I really, really believe that there is not enough, you know, kind of that edge. edge. Um, There isn't enough energy. And I, I recognize what I believe that Jay and, and DJ offered us in size and what a difference in size allows you to do schematically. Like you can play DJ at the top of the zone and still have BAM in the back line because you know you have other areas of length who can maybe, you know, you know, cause some, some trouble defensively. So it it is, it's weird to watch. And also people have keyed in on the offense. Those same dribble handoffs, Duncan isn't flying open. Those are tangible differences like other teams, improvements and adjustments uh, stand to be tangible differences as far as, you know, dictating a lot of your own personal results and outcomes.
1: Like in in regard to Derek, I was watching a play that they ran, uh, they ran a handoff and they flipped it into a pick and roll and bam's going to the rim. And then DJ's man comes in to, to, to help. And, then Goran just fl- and they give it to BAM and then and then Bam flips it to to Derek and, and he gets a lob and he gets a dunk uncontested. And I was like, yeah, it'd be nice if Andre did that. Cause I mean Derek and Andre are not dissimilar as shooters, right? Like I think Andre is even a better shooter than Derek, right? Especially from the corners. You know, you you and I think the percentages will, will say that. And I think you're more confident when Andre, but Andre's just like they're both just not defended. But you know, Derek has that spring. Uh, and they those are like kind of like those to plays that you're talking about. I will say about the defense their their defense is like legit good this year I think. I think that um I when I watch their offense mm-hmm. they they do I think they do move with force and I think they do move with purpose. I think like Duncan in particular is moving a ton and and I think contrary to popular belief he is he's cutting more this year, which surprised me. I felt like he wasn't cutting as much, but he is cutting more this year. Um I, I, the, the the shots just the percentage has just gone down a little bit. I think the contests have been a little better like you said. They are switching a little more, but they run most of the same stuff. And I'm like I I do feel like there's energy there. Uh but I don't I don't have an answer like I I mean I I have to defer, I have to defer, like for what you're saying cuz what I'm watching like I see a couple things like okay, well they switch that, that kind of bogs on the offense. Oh, well, you know, they're not guarding Andre in the corner, but you know, you look last year and they were doing the same shit. You know what I mean? Like they would, they switch the handoffs and 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 still they would get you know Duncan hit a contested three or they they'd move and like I just Frankie I don't I I'm kind of at a loss.
3: draw, Dragic, <laughs> this is if we're being honest, this team as is as they've been playing is very similar to the pre bubble Heat with the frustrating losses, but getting blown out by Atlanta, getting blown out by Charlotte. You had. Like they were completely uneven. There was none of us expected the Heat to make a run in the bubble because the team looked like shit. Once they got to the bubble, Goron became rejuvenated. He stepped up his game. Jimmy, you had Jimmy Goron, Bam, Tyler, and Duncan outperform their their playoff seed, uh, their regular season numbers. They're all scoring more. They're all being more aggressive. But Goron going into the starting lineup was the release valve. Whenever he uh, Duncan couldn't get open on the dribble handoffs, they could swing it, run some pick and pop, and Goron was an isolation master. Jimmy Butler was aggressive. Uh, you had the, the the pull up three from Goron. Everything was functioning differently because Goron was a twenty point per game scorer in the playoffs and was aggressive as can be. And, and that was what we we're missing. That's what we're missing. We don't have a guard that can get that separation, that can create that extra offense when Duncan uh, and the dribble handoffs aren't going. Uh, we're running more dribble handoffs this season than last year. And, and teams also have seen it uh, a million times. So they're learning how to defend it. And you need, you need Bam and Tyler to grow up this season. And Bam's been a lot better than he was last season, but he's, still, he's not at the level consistently that we need him to be. He hasn't grown into that role. Um, Tyler ha- has improved as well, but he still isn't a pull-up art- uh, artist from three that may- really makes a defense pay attention to where he's at and where he's scoring and trying to stop him. So there's, you know, there's possible answers in the future. Maybe Tyler and Bam can get there, but the answer last year was Goron, and I have no faith that Goron can do it again just because he's older. He's coming off that bad injury. He's, he looks slower. Uh, I think he can do it for a couple games. I don't know if we can count on him to do it for the rest of the season uh, and for the playoff stretch. I want him to do it because I would, I want him to get another chance at that ring, but realistically it, it's, it's unlikely.
1: They're very Jekyll and Hyde. Cause last season, it was the defense that they legit couldn't guard anybody. Their defense was not good, even with Jay, and even when they started doing the switching. I mean, they they were getting torched every night, and their offense was in the top ten, right? And, and and now it's the opposite. Their defense is amazing. They're in the top ten, and they can't fucking score. And it's weird. And it's like I I see the defensive changes that has helped that have helped. I think playing Andre more helps a lot. Bam is just a better defender, and and Jimmy's Jimmy. And I think that them kind of putting Jimmy off ball a little bit. They they're running the same principles though um defensively but on offense it's just gone haywire and maybe it's part of, maybe it's just as simple as you know tyler and duncan aren't hitting at the same clip as last year and that's really and kelly and that's it right there because i mean kelly's fumbling open shots uh I, duncan i duncan's fine I, I don't duncan's not the problem he's, he's shooting 39 on like incredible volume uh that's gonna happen and i think if other guys start hitting shots he'll get a little more free He's like he's like one of the best contested three point shooters in the league, which is funny. (laughs) He's like he's like shooting more contested jumpers and he's like hitting them at a really high clip. But, you know, they're contested jumpers. So I think if the offense opens up a little bit, the the shot. Quality will go up and he'll get his percentage, I think, pretty close to where he was last season. Uh, but Tyler has been really a black hole at the three-point line. I mean, he's improved lately. I think he's up to like 34% or 35% for the year, Siobhan. But like if those guys aren't hitting shots on an offense predicated on motion and screening and popping and slipping, like is it is it just make or miss or...
2: And then offense predicated on motion screening and popping for those specific guys. Yes. Like if the rest of the people on the floor, you know, aren't at the, if our play, our, our plays are designed for, you know, the action around the horn when that's not happening and we don't have enough, you know, Jimmy Bam to, you know, take in and do their own things. Then, um, then I don't know. I think that, yeah, this is, this is kind of the result. Right. And it is, so very strange like your the eye test and what their numbers tell you don't feel like don't feel like they match for me personally like we say, you say defensively they're a better team this year i i hear you say that but i also see them like having to recover more and help more for each other than maybe I would like them to be. Yeah. We're a good defensive team. Cause Bam has gotten better. And he's taking on a lot of that defensive role. Jimmy is Jimmy and he's going to take, you know, the defensive role that he needs. And, you know, I'd be remiss, you know, Duncan has gotten much better defensively this year, his facial defense, um, his, his, you know, kind of defensive court awareness is, is, is much improved. Um, but the the offensive you know stagnation is excuse me my roommate's coming um, all good
1: all good all good
2: the offensive stagnation is is just going to be a product of what it is because this is the the offense that we're that we're running at the moment and these guys you know aren't or are hitting and it's kind of is what it is
1: what do they do when you know when they when they run horns and Kelly pops and Bam or whoever rolls what happens when they just don't guard Kelly, because that I feel like we're dangerously close to that happening. Because he's yeah. still guarded as a shooter, mm-hmm. and the day that they Andre him, like the New Orleans did a weird thing with Jimmy, where they were stapled to him in the corner when they would run sets, and Jimmy was not the screener or Jimmy was not the pick and roll handler. He was in in the right corner, and and Bi or um her heart were like attached to him. And I was like, that's interesting. I don't know if I do that. Good teams leave him open. That's, that's, and I know Stan to be a good coach, but like when teams are going to be like, well, I'm not going to guard you Jimmy because you're, you suck as a shooter. And if you hit it, that's cool. And if Kelly eventually they'd be like, you know what? You could take that. I don't care. You've been shooting like 27% and I don't give a fuck. If you hit shots, you are not going to, I haven't seen you hit shots in like two months. Uh, That's a problem. (laughs)
3: Yeah, like so. Somebody's gonna be like, "Oh, uh, you, you're not gonna beat me hitting open threes. You're not gonna hit enough
1: open threes to beat me." So that's I, like the boogeyman in the modern NBA. But like, it, I feel like it's coming.
3: I mean, possibly. Mm. I I also want to like dive into something
1: uh,
3: on that. Yeah, we're like we 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 recognize this team isn't as good as last year. Right now, they mm-hmm. don't look as good. Uh, mm. But also, it's a short sample right now. It's half mm-hmm. a season. Uh, I just want to give you one frame of reference. Last year, the the Heat were the second best three-point shooting team in the league, 37.9%. That total right there would be 10th this year. Teams are shooting ridiculously high from three. Uh, The Clippers are shooting 42% as a team. The league as a whole, they're just shooting better. That's what uh,
2: I'm saying. We're talking so much about what we are lacking or what's changed within our own organization yeah. without taking into account that other people are just getting better.
3: Yeah. And it's and it's still early too. Like it is this still can, early. May, maybe Ke- Kelly has a, a blistering second half of the season, gets closer to his career averages and balances that out. Maybe Duncan goes as well. Maybe Tyler. Like some of these guys are just due to balance out. Uh, you know, what's that? What's that uh in the water.
2: water always finds its level. Exactly, I always finds its
1: level, yeah. Alec. Well, rubber hits the road. <laughs> I like when the rubber hits the road. Are you out on the? I like that. That's a good phrase.
2: Gee, I think I think schematically, I think what you're, I think it's interesting where you're talking about the difference in how most teams tend to guard Jimmy and how New Orleans and Stan guards Jimmy. Where you know conventionally, yeah, you leave, you know, your the dude that's who you know the least of a shooting threat open, um, and that allows you, you know, to give more bodies to the rest of the guys on defense, right? I think I understand Stan's uh, approach with that because even if Jimmy's not you know, that great of a shooter, you playing off of him still allows some freedom of motion to then come to the ball. And he's smart enough to know he isn't that good of a shooter. So he's going to take up that space, get to the cup or, you know, get to the ball first and then, you know, operate and do that. When you have a guy kind of spine him almost like a, not a boxing one, but you just have like that one do attached to him, regardless of whatever anybody else is doing. Like you limit his, his, uh, his, his freedom of motion and Whether he's a good shooter or not, you just kind of ice him and take him out the play rather than, you know, he can get it because he's not going to make it. Yeah. I
1: thought, I thought like that game was kind of funky because they had Steven Adams guard Andre. Right. So either yeah. he would be parked in the corner with Andre. And then what the, he did was they started putting up a pick and roll, which I thought was kind of funny because like conventionally you want to take the big out of it. I have it, to rewatch right? it. I
2: would love to rewatch that game. Actually.
1: It was interesting. Like you should watch from like the fourth quarter, like when from when Jimmy checks back in and that fourth quarter on like there's a lot of weird stuff going on. And so they put Steven Adams on Andre and then the Andre starts screening for for Goran and pick and roll cuz they had gone Jimmy pick and roll every time and then and then uh Hart is coming at the level of the screen, Jimmy's slipping and and he's getting layup after layup. Uh, he missed one layup uh, and then he made the other one and they were just getting really good looks every time Jimmy was slipping cuz they were committing to kind of coming up on that screen. Mm. Then they then you know, they were kind of vacating, they were doing the vacate Andre thing. And then now they had Andre kind of come up to screen with Stephen Adams on him and then they had Jimmy in the corner with the, they they put Ingram on him. And I thought that was interesting. And they were getting dunks. I mean, Andre, that was that one that Andre slipped open for the dunk
2: uh,
1: mm. in, in open space and everything. And that that's that's interesting. And that's just something that they can do when Bam's not there. Because Kelly is not the screener there. And they didn't run their horn stuff, which I thought was interesting. And they ran much fewer handoffs. They, mm-hmm. they did run their handoff stuff. But it was like much less fewer. horns, less handoffs, more kind of Jimmy and Andre screening for ball handlers, more kind of north-south action. Uh, I thought that was interesting. and part of that's like Bam's not there. and when Kelly's there, I think he gets to play a little more freely. I know that the numbers are good when they both play together, but it's it was a <laughs> that was a funky game.
3: most definitely. A- um and uh, and one of the I suppose favorite adjustments when they start uh when they stop paying attention to perimeter guys is is to go to the dribble handoffs too. You know, the, like you scree- you do the dribble handoff for Duncan and Duncan's getting open because the, the big is dropping so far off, uh, you know, not helping off of Jimmy or or uh, Andre. So that it's good adjustment by, by Spo just to, to get make sure you're not going to guard Jimmy. I'm going to make sure you, you're not able to guard Duncan and yeah. get going like that. Uh, so I, I think the second half of the season, they have a lot of uh, like Spo can definitely make some adjustments there. To make to to help Duncan get freer, to get Kelly more rhythm shots, and get him involved when he's not just a spot up guy, because I I think we've seen plenty of times that Kelly can can affect the game positively yep. when he's not hitting shots. Uh, he doesn't just have to be a spot up guy, and and like he, if he's not hitting shots this season, he needs to be a positive somehow, because we're not getting positive value out of a lot of the guys on the roster right now.
2: To your point before, we do tend to, like, trend at the proper time. We tend to, mm-hmm. like, find our stride, find our peak, and, you know, get, you know, all of the gears of the machine tend to find themselves well-oiled at the at the really right time. So, um, like I said, just starting the second half. So, there's yeah. definitely, there's opportunity.
3: And, and Spoh's teams, too. How many times do we right. see Spo have a much better second half uh, coming off the all We've seen it uh, throughout the Big Three era, through 15, 16, 30, and 11. Like Spo responding in the second half has been a constant. He finds he tinkers with the lineup so much that, and the rotations that he's gonna find something that works yeah. and stick to it. We just gotta hope uh, for a couple additions, uh, minor or major, and hopefully major. <laughs> uh, but you know, help the team find their rhythm and and get going. I, I'm I'm pretty confident this team is making the playoffs uh no. i wouldn't bet my i wouldn't bet a house on it but <laughs> no uh i i'm well, you're the one who's owns an owning house or a condo right now uh shout out to you by the way closing in a couple weeks let's go let's go but yeah we are gonna be
1: neighbors oh god <laughs> i'm gonna hear i'm gonna hear drip drop from my window <laughs>
3: i want you to throw something at him when he says it <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, I'm very, fairly confident the team's gonna make good second half adjustments, and the, the guys are gonna play better and more comfortable. They they have a point to prove. They they that last year wasn't a fluke. That Bam and Jimmy should have been all stars. They have a lot, lot of things uh, to prove in the second half.
1: A couple things before we before we get out of here because we're running on time. Uh, Jimmy Bam and Goron have played 79 minutes this season. Uh, they're plus five for hundred possessions. Uh, that's good. That's that's good. They're 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 trending up. They're, they were actually a negative before. Before everything bad happened, they were like a minus two or something. It was something funny that they were just like getting outscored with the three of them. That has been trending upward. Uh Jimmy and Goron together without Bam has been really good. And I think part of that you saw in that game kind of the f- space they're afforded. Jimmy has a screener who's a very, very good roller. They're plus fourteen per hundred possessions with a 114 offensive rating. Uh that's that's really good. I will say this about Spo. He is a very flexible coach. I think that we've seen him throw new things into the offense. I, he, they know it's a problem. And I, I think that with this organization and then with this coaching staff specifically, we know that they're going to do whatever they can. I, I think even if it's scheme, they'll change it. I don't think they have much of a choice other than to run handoffs just because they just don't have the the pick and roll guys. I'm sure that he would want to run more pick and roll, but I don't I don't really think that they have enough guys considering their personnel. I do think the rotations have been really really good lately. I think they've they figured out some stuff. They have a starting lineup they like. They have their lead guard off the bench that they like. They they have kind of stumbled into this Kelly at the five, with Andre at the four and shooters, which has been really really good for them. And they just use Andre as a screener in those sets, and they can have Kelly space and cut and you know finagle stuff and and they can run horns with Andre. And Ke- like they they do a lot of fun stuff together. And I I do think that they've they've settled into some rotational things and have given a couple injuries here or there. I think they know that with the roster they have they know the guys and I'm um, I feel good about the second half. I feel good. I feel good. I'd bet my house on them making the playoffs. I would even say that they're going to be in play for a home seed. Um, you know, let's see. Um, you know, they have already gone through their covid stretch. Uh thankfully they have come we out hope. of it 500. I hope, <laughs> right? Can they, I mean, hopefully. Well, I mean, I, I guess the thing is is like, you know, Bam's had it you know and then jimmy jimmy got it doesn't matter kd had it last kd had
3: it last year he missed time twice this season
1: yeah but it's not as long i mean once once you get it right i mean the the problem with jimmy was jimmy got really sick
2: we still don't know right right so imagine like getting it twice lasting effects all that that's not something that you want to really yeah and and it's just it's
3: just being exposed to it uh, that could get you suspended. So we hope that nothing else happens.
2: But that you don't too. know. Just,
1: yeah, I want these guys to be healthy and OK. Like
2: what the fuck happened like- in Toronto? Like eight of them.
1: <laughs> the coaches. It was the coaching staff. A coach got sick and then he got the other five coaches sick. And then they're at a fucking outbreak. This is what
3: happens when you go to Hooters with the boys.
1: <laughs> I would love to end on that joke, but I have a quick rant about the way that we cover COVID. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the pod. I've, I've given private shows to all my friends, but like, you know, Praising. players are often mm. blamed. Yeah. They, they listen, they get an earful. Uh, they get, you know, we blame players. <laughs> they hate me. My friends are so sick of me.
3: Um, you're full of people. what?
1: And you're full of takes. My hot takes. Um, <laughs> they you know we we always criticize players or like i think the the public kind of looks at players and be like they're responsible or like oh it's all-star you know the players better behave or oh the players are having people over all oh, the players is the players that but you know it's never the coaching staff it's never the trainers it's never the 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 organizational staff that's around the team it's never uh referees don't have like to they they don't have the same rules as players right and we don't yes, know they do when they do Yes. Well, I think I think it was Andrew Boget on the uh <laughs> on his podcast claimed otherwise. Fake news Bogut. don't trust that. <laughs> fake news, wow, Bogat fake news. But- so so refs ref, refs are not I, I cuz from what I understood refs were allowed to to go out when they were in the city that their union had argued that that they could
2: Oh, see, I don't know if that's a recent development or not. I know last that I know that like even when refs are home or in their home cities, they're not even supposed to really be out and about at their in their hometown. So I don't know what but people they would be people able don't, to do.
1: People don't know when a ref test positive. Like we know when the players do. So I think the players often get, you know, and we wouldn't know. uh and I don't know.
3: I, it's just more of a, like, a. I feel I, like it's, I mean, you know. it's probably something that, that the, the player, the refs don't tell the media or the media won't know, yeah. but I'm sure yeah, I, no, I'm, I, I'm sure that the players a, probably not like the teams probably get a, a, a notice that this referee. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Just to be careful. What you're
2: speaking, what you're speaking to the G though, like that's, that can be no, it's just about, in general, like so just, things in general, right. It's yeah, always it's just on the, kind of out. Of the player to be, you know, on the up and up and not the rest of the fucking hierarchy.
1: Yeah. I <laughs> so, just, I, I want, you. I want people to lay off the players. I think they're doing their yeah. best. They're trying hard. They're, I, I like them. I, I think that, you know, they're, they're really, they're really putting themselves out there and they're doing a good job. And I, I just, I want to, I just see people on online kind of blaming players all the time. Like, you know, people giving, you know, poor Ben and Joel shit for wanting to get a haircut before all-star break. Maybe that was a bad idea, but whatever. I mean, it's always the players that get shit. And I was like, oh, you know, let's. it's a lot of people. Yeah. Staff does it too. Um, <laughs> remember y'all, Check us out on patreon.com so that's Miami Beat for exclusive stuff like the locker room podcasts that are going to be exclusive to patrons. Uh, we're going to kind of upload those soon for the $5 patrons. Uh, $10 patrons get a watch party with us. Think about it this way if you're going to go to a bar, uh, yeah, <laughs> Chad's making fun of me. Smeet the small naked chat saying G with the be nice to players hot take. <laughs>
2: it's
3: not um, a hot no, note notice uh it came right after the raptors talk about the coaches and stuff yeah i, I really you know, just G, came G G felt rea- real yeah. defensive wow. here
1: yeah you really saw through I sm- I i'm smoking you out I does. um for ten dollars, patrons, you can watch some basketball with us. Now, think about it this way: if we were going to go have an event at a bar, if we were going to go to a Duffy's or a Sports Grill or a Flanagan's or whatever. not
3: one right? with the Raptors coaches, hopefully
1: not one with the Raptors coaches. If you were going to go to one of those in a in a COVID-less world, you'd probably order some wings, have a beer or two, and talk. Right? That's going to cost you more than ten dollars. For a nominal fee of ten dollars, you pay our you you pay our beautiful staff. Every every single person on staff gets paid. And uh, you can help contribute to that, and you can hang out with us and talk about basketball. We did it last time, uh, Jack, uh, Brass, Frankie. You know, a couple of us were talking, talking with our listeners and having a good time uh, watching a Kings Heat game. So get in on that. We're going to schedule that for hopefully next week or the week after, whatever, whatever's best for you guys. We let you guys kind of dictate the schedule, and uh, we'll we'll keep you all posted. So check out every all the offerings on Patreon and, and here. Remember, uh, so no stream tomorrow. Tomorrow we have off. There's no bad. There's no hangover time. Uh, Brass jazz just uh, tuned into chat. Says how much has G mentioned Harry B today? Uh, I, Frankie, how many times have I mentioned Harry B today? Enough. What do you mean enough? Zero times. Brass, zero That's times. Enough. You did good. Thank you. My <laughs> good. Um. You know, ch- uh-huh. check out all our offerings. So t- tomorrow, no stream. Wednesday, we have a podcast with a special guest. Uh I, I hope I hope we can do that. I-, I have two guests actually. That's gonna be exciting. So be on the lookout for that. Seven PM. And then hangover time, your normal scheduled programming, hangover time in pregame show. Uh th- Thursday, Friday, locker room, Thursday morning and Friday morning, uh recovery time with Alpha and I. So be on the lookout for that. Uh we love y'all. Uh stay safe. Uh hopefully, uh, you know, we uh listen to stream be.
3: Hey.